You're listening to The Soju Sessions, episode 55 on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. I'm your host, Crispy, also known as Crispy Wonton, or simply just Anton. And on today's episode, host of the K-pop podcast, How You Been, scientist, genius, um, and apparently super well-connected in the K-pop world, um, friends in high places, connections with managers and marketing departments and idols themselves. Um, this person apparently has gotten on a video call with an idol and couldn't stop exchanging I love views with them. Imagine. Um, the one and only Alex joins the show and she is an enormous Monster X fan so with the release of their newest album shape of love um i thought it would be a good conversation to have with her um one to get to know her a little bit more um kind of introduce her to the soju talk community as well as dig deep into the album spoiler i love this album um one of the few boy group albums that i connected with um over the past I don't even know how long. Um, and we, we kind of landed on this idea that it's not a banger of an album, but my genre that I connect with is more R&B, smooth R&B, pop R&B, kind of fun, mellow music. Um, and there's a lot of that in this Monster X album. So Alex does a really nice job of kind of analyzing all of that from an emotional standpoint, what it means from the um, history of the group and being a, um, being a fan for so long. Um, and also kind of what that means for them moving forward into the rest of their careers and the rest of the lives of all of the Monster X fans. So very exciting show coming up. Um, really happy to have her. Um, she's new to the Soldiers Talk community. So everyone, please be kind and wish her well and give her warm greetings when you see her around. Um, but yeah, we, we met um, in the internet space of K-pop. Uh, we are good friends now, and we both do podcasts, so um, there will be collaborations in the future. Um, just a quick note, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, so the month of May, Mental Health Awareness. Um, if For those of you that don't know, I used to work in special education um, and also mental health services um, in my adult life. In another life, um, I work in tech now, completely different. Um, but it is something still very close to my heart as far as exposing people to um, the types of services available to anyone, right? Um, and I think the hardest thing that I notice is the fact that people don't know where to start. They don't know how to look for services. Uh, they don't know how to ask questions, and that is completely okay. Um, I didn't know either until I started to work in the field. What I will say is if you're a student, um, check with your um, student services department, whether that's a counselor or just the student services department at, the, at your school, because if you are a college student and you're paying tuition, it is included in your tuition. You are already paying for it. Um, there should be a number of um, therapy sessions that you're allotted every quarter or semester so please take advantage of that if you are in high school if you're a younger person go to your guidance counselor that is a good resource to start with they will keep um, your stories confidential um, and it's a really good place just to kind of reflect and um, kind of guide yourself emotionally right i think all that inner work is very important to address even at a young age um, and then if you're an older person um, everyone's health insurance health care services 
um, needs are different, right? Everyone comes from a different place, regard um, depending on you know what you have access to. Um, in the United States, it's a little bit different um, than everywhere else in the world, but I am pretty good and pretty knowledgeable about it. So hit me up, ask questions. Um, if I don't know the answer, I can guide you um, to your local mental health services. Typically, there is a cost-effective, uh, low-cost version of counseling, therapy, or medication that you can find um, locally. A lot of government programs as well. Um, so please um, ask questions. If you're international, um, I know how to Google search. So, you know, we can always um, bounce ideas off of each other. Um, you know, uh, I just preface, I, I'm not giving mental health advice. I'm only uh, guiding and giving um, instruction of how to find those resources for yourself. So, um, yeah, I think we should all just be there for each other. I think a month like this is a great time to reflect and remember that we're not in this alone, that the world is a big place. But sometimes the things that ail us um, do make it feel very lonely and isolating. So just a big shout out that we are all here for each other. So let me know or let anyone on the server know because everyone is super kind and nice and really willing and open to help each other out um, from everything I've seen being here for the past couple of years. All right, everyone, um, we're going to jump right into it. Coming up, my chat with Alex, the scientist, on Monster X on the Soju Sessions. Joining Soju Sessions, the host of the K-pop podcast, How You Been? Um, a scientist herself, um, kind of this incredible genius savant who uh, mixes chemicals and uh, is trying to solve a lot of the world's problems through uh, bonding agents and um, other chemical equations that I forgot from chemistry in high school. The one and only Alex. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, you know, you and I are fairly newer-ish friends, but we got along pretty well. One, because we're both around the ages of 90, 80, 85. Um, so Senior Citizen Club is, uh, you know, a very um, easy thing to connect over. And we also happen to enjoy similar ranges of K-pop throughout the course of history, the course of time. Um, and, you know, I wanted to have you on the show to get to know you and to get to know your origin story. So, Alex... Tell us, what is your K-pop origin story? When did you start listening? And what were your first introductions to the wonderful world of K-pop? So I should be an OG K-pop fan. Um, my friend moved to China uh, when I was in high school, and he sent me Tell Me, or yeah, by the Wonder Girls, and fell in love with the song, listened to it on repeat, and didn't bother to look any further into K-pop. <laughs> so... Don't know why, because I was obsessed with music back then already. So fast forward, I was in grad school in 2018, and a hurricane took out my school for a little while. Um, I was online, so I was fine, but I had like a month off. <laughs> and uh, I decided to randomly watch a K-drama. And from the K-drama, I went to Taiwanese dramas. And from that, I went to C-pop. And then I found Taeyang's uh, Eyes, Nose, Lips. 
That, that is, it makes no sense, but you know. No, it makes perfect <laughs> sense. It, you know, once you get into you know that part of the world, you know, East Asia, it's just all like one region essentially when you're exploring media, right? Not saying geographically. I understand people. China's huge and Korea is a peninsula. So, um, but it's all very <laughs> connected, right? It's all there's all there's a lot of crossover. Um, and I would even say K-pop and Korean entertainment at that point was far more um, wildly accepted as far as like internet culture. So it did make a lot of mm-hmm. sense that you eventually found it. Um, so with Taeyang and Eyes, Nose, Lips, what was your first reaction, experience? How are you feeling when you heard this this beautiful song sung by a beautiful man um, to his beautiful wife, I think at the time? Girlfriend, probably. I think it was girlfriend at that time. I don't know how long they've been married, but they've been together for a long time. But he loves her quite a bit. Um, how how did you feel back then? I was super excited for new music. Um, and I was super excited because I really liked the song. And then it was like a whole new genre to listen to. Because uh, I've, I've always kind of listened to international music. Uh, my way of doing that was actually through Disney songs. I would listen to all the Disney songs in like different languages. And so to actually get like introduced to like, I don't know, real music from a different country was really cool. Um I grew up listening to German music, so <laughs> kind of had like the European sound to it already. But uh, I was really excited, and I kind of did a deep dive into uh, Big Bang after that. <laughs> so, so tell us about the deep dive with Big Bang. Um, how you know, what was the first album you really dug into? Um, what were your first kind of experiences, and then how did that evolve over time? So. My deep dive was kind of interesting because I I think I found Eisner's Lips in like November of 2018, right? So 2019 was kind of a rough year for uh, YG. Um, So I don't actually know what songs I I, I focused on because I ended up like hyper-focusing on like the scandal. Um. (laughs) Uh, But um. I, I, I kind of hopped around. It was whatever, like, uh, YouTube would just give me. So I, I didn't really follow any, like, specific album. I just bounced around from song to song. Um, Stay With Me, which is just Taeyang and, and G-Dragon. Probably what sold it for me, though. That was where I was like, this is it. This is what I want to listen to. I need to know everything. How did that interest in G-Dragon, Taeyang, Big Bang, um snowball into the rest of your k-pop love and just uh engrossed experience with all things k-pop um over the past over over the next couple of years after that point um from there i actually went to epic high which i think is just from collabs with big bang um (laughs) and and then from that it went to whatever youtube would recommend me for a long time and that's how i found i think eric nam um and then i maybe icon I went, I went down the whole, like, YG list there for a while. Um, and then after that, I kind of went the, like, the Nugu route. Like, I, one of my favorite groups is Vanner, but they're, like, not well-known by many people. I think their last song maybe has, like, 10,000 listens. Um. <laughs> you went the hipster route. You said, I'm too cool for all this big-budget mainstream K-pop <laughs> because K-pop in and of itself is not niche enough. So you went into another rabbit hole. Um, can you tell us more about Vanner? I think that's the group you actually told me about. A little while ago um please share um your um interaction connection with this group so i i don't even know how i found them they just kind of appeared in my life at one point and I, I, 
maybe a Facebook group, actually. I, I have no idea. Um, and I just, they only had like one album out at the point, and it was uh, their title song from that was like Better Do Better. And uh, um, they're a five member group, and they were really cool. I actually somehow connected to some other like fans of theirs. And there's one girl, she uh, lives in Japan, and they did most of their um, promotions at, at Showbox in Tokyo. Uh, which is why a lot of the more smaller groups uh, just kind of stay and promote for like months at a time, doing like three or four shows a week. So she got to really know them and she would live stream with them constantly and like hang out with them. And that's kind of how I found a lot of the smaller groups was through that, um, following Showbox tours. Um, <laughs> but I actually met Vanner 20, 2020, I think. Yeah, January 2020, they did a US tour, which is incredible because they literally don't have that many fans so i don't know how they managed to come over here um 2020 the pandemic yeah january right before the pandemic oh okay right before okay fair enough yeah okay nice i was like what how do they do that like that's incredible um okay right before the pandemic and then how did you get connected with them what do you mean or am I thinking of a different group? I think I'm thinking of another group. Um, it's okay. We'll leave it all in. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so you dug into a lot of these Nugu groups and you became very, um, you know, you started to explore just a lot of different sounds and scopes. And how did that turn into this idea of wanting to talk about K-pop and connecting with other people online? Uh, because just like the pandemic uh, did for everyone, I think it was a place it was a situation where everyone's kind of forced online. Um, even if you are an outside facing person, um, you are now um, interfacing with people on the internet uh, for the majority of your life throughout the past two years. So how did that kind of shift in your experiences with K-pop um, to just be primarily being at home alone on your computer instead of going out to see all those concerts and connecting with all those groups that you seemingly all know in real life? <laughs> Um, I, so where I live, there's really not a lot of K-pop anyway, so I have to travel. So I was already kind of online for everything. Um, right before the pandemic started, I, I joined a, a Discord group and somehow like immediately became like a moderator for it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I was that and I was like the, it was tied to a, a subreddit. And so that was kind of where things escalated for me, I guess. Um, and like right around that time is when I started my podcast as well. Um, Right before the pandemic that was great timing um <laughs> and uh i i think from there it was it was just spending all day on the computer um <laughs> talking about k-pop there's nothing else to do um i actually did not stay home much of that to be honest because i had a i work in a lab so can't do lab work at home <laughs> yes uh, that is un- well i mean you could bring science at home you do science projects and experiments i'm really making this like a childish situation where it's like i'm just picturing you in a white coat and just like in your home with all your like beakers and um what are those called fire things yes i know science um <laughs> yeah well you, you you briefly mentioned it and now it's like let, let's jump into it so you have a podcast you have the how you been podcast what motivated you to start the show and kind of tell us the premise of uh, how you've been and the show? So the show started because of the Burning Sun scandal, actually, which <laughs> even with that, 
I don't think I've had a single episode that even vaguely mentions that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, the whole like 2019, when everything was like really going crazy with that, I spent every day just kind of hyper focusing on it because I kind of couldn't believe what was happening. Because um, I was I was still new to K-pop and I was like, what is K-pop? What have I gotten into? What <laughs> is everything like this? Because there's so many like idols getting dragged into it and. I would spend my lunch break every day with uh, my coworkers, just um, going, what is happening? Not that they care about K-pop, but they got invested in it because it was just so dramatic. Um, and from that, one of my friends, we started talking and we decided to make a, a podcast where I try and explain K-pop to him. So that was kind of what the first season was, where my friend Jonathan and I, we would literally just talk about different things in K-pop. Sometimes it would be a scandal that happened. Uh, sometimes it would be me just trying to explain english lyrics in k-pop <laughs> um which is always fun when it's like this clearly doesn't make any sense but we're gonna sing it anyway um <laughs> looking at you nct um <laughs> yes you're a very, uh, very big nct fan um we will eventually get you on for a whole like nct breakdown because i need an explanation but i think you did a nice oh. job on your show yes i listened to it um <laughs> You know, having a conversation with a friend about NCT. So I think you did an excellent job there. Um, how has the show you. evolved for you as far as, you know, being a space for you to talk about K-pop, but also connecting with people? Because, um, you know, regardless of the audience size, I feel like it's still important for you, people to be creative, put something out there and, you know, give people the opportunity to connect with it. Right. And just having a mm -hmm. voice online. How has that evolved for you personally and kind of your experiences um, kind of emotionally receiving um, things back as far as kind of the feedback from the internet from the world of K-pop so I think the biggest evolution has been with my co-host leaving because which was an eventuality because there's only so much you can talk about K-pop when you're not interested in K-pop um, so I had to kind of rethink the show a little bit because I didn't really want to give it up because I like talking about K-pop <laughs> um so, and then with rethinking it, that's where I was like, I instead of having the same co-host, I would just bring on friends or whoever uh, wanted to talk about whatever with K-pop. Um, <laughs> and and so it's it's been really cool because I've I've met quite a few other people connecting with other people with K-pop podcasts. Um, it's it's kind of a small circle of people, and it seems like everybody is friends with everybody, um, <laughs> which is nice. Um, and it's helped me not talk about K-pop so much in my real life. Because <laughs> I, I, it became my like defining personality trait there for a while, just because there's so much K-pop happening all the time. Um, between comebacks, when you stand too many groups, um, <laughs> and, and then groups like Monster X that literally never stop doing things ever. Um, there's literally never a time where there's nothing on my schedule for Monster X. <laughs> So it's it's been nice to have that outlet in a way that's a little more healthy than me just talking to people who don't care. <laughs> Did you feel a pressure um, to modulate yourself in the real world to talk to real people about K-pop? Mm -hmm. So initially I hit it for a really long time. I would just pretend like I don't listen to K-pop and I would like have it playing in the lab and someone would walk in and I would like slam the pause button. <laughs> And I finally hit a point after like, I don't know, a year, year and a half where I was like, I literally don't care. And I was like, it is what it is. I listen to K-pop. 
and uh, somewhere in there, I actually started taking Korean classes with the university, and so started learning Korean and planning a trip to Korea at some point. Um, and and people caught on, but people have been really cool about it at work. Um, it's really funny because they'll like hear something random about like BTS or something on the news, and so they'll like come to me and be like, "Hey, I heard this thing," and I'm like, "That's cool." <laughs> or or they'll come, like, I've had a couple of people come for, like, song recommendations, which has been kind of wild. <laughs> so. Yeah, when you kind of interact and connect with people that way, um, in a surprising, like, fashion, it, it's, there, there's something universally heartwarming about that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'll share this story. Um, I started a new job, and I, in my introduction, um, the email introduction that I sent out to the entire team of like 15 people. Um, one line I said, I listen to K-pop, you know, I love a, it in a paragraph <laughs> of other things, you know, and I talked about like reading books and, you know, going for walks and hikes, but you know, one small little thing of, I listen to K-pop three emails back saying me too. So pleasantly surprised. I love it. Right. I think it was, it's just one of those incredible <laughs> things where like, you never know what things are out there to, uh, for people to respond to, uh, and connect you connect with. So, um, then slowly to have one-on-ones with different um, team members, um, just to get to know them, nothing like work related that we talked about. Um, and it would always like land on, yes, you said the thing about K-pop and then I would ask them. Turns out one of them is an enormous army. She hides it well, but, I got it out of her. And now I'm the person sarcastically bringing it up at every situation when we're around our coworkers and she rolls her eyes and she hates me. But at the same time, she is an army and she, yeah. Uh, to the extent of which she went to, I think four shows in November. Oh my gosh. I think there was four of them, right? I forget how many was, was in LA, but I think she went to all of them. And then she did wow. two in Vegas, like back to back days. So yeah, there you nice. go. Nice. That's, Living the dream right there. <laughs> um, but I think she is just an army, so I don't know if she alloc- would allocate her money to the other shows that are happening this year. So I think it just makes sense that you know she saved up all her money from um, you know the the no longer tour from 2020, and now just mm-hmm. said, "Here you go, take it all." Um, yeah, no, it's it's incredible to, to kind of see people in real life and kind of respond to it. Um, is that something you you look out for as far as wanting to connect with people, or do you? I don't know. Are you are you pretty okay with kind of experiencing K-pop by yourself, and then from those experiences, kind of organically meeting people, whether that's at a show or a store, um, or just kind of running into them naturally in in the wild? I would prefer to run into people in the wild. Um, I don't actively go look for anything K-pop because I think it consumes enough of my life that actively making it consume more is probably not a great idea. <laughs> Um, especially now that like the real world's starting to happen again and I can actually have other hobbies, um, <laughs> which has been a foreign concept for so long, but yeah, it's, it's, it's where I live now is it's K-pop slowly happening more and more. There was a cup sleeve event this weekend, like in town, which was great. I didn't go because I overslept, but <laughs> okay. Just they'll, well, if once one starts, then everyone wants them to happen all the time so don't worry they, they will be around um i'm only speaking from the experiences of a person who lives in california which i know does not project into anywhere else in the united states um, california gets everything k-pop and it drives me insane yeah. <laughs> like it makes sense why but it's just like hi i'm over here not over there 
<laughs> yeah, I have to be mindful sometimes when I say like, oh, yeah, just like another thing that's happening on like a Saturday and Sunday. And then I can go to the K-pop store around the corner and it's like, oh, wait, other people around the country don't have the same access as me. Um, I think I can only but think of like New York as having similar access, right? Even then, I think they only have one K-pop store in New York City and it's really expensive. Uh, I've been a few times. <laughs> But I, oh, okay. I try not to buy from there because it's so expensive. But my nearest K-pop store is four hours away. That's, a, that's kind of far. A little far. Yeah. yeah. I spend a lot on shipping. <laughs> um, well, I, I will shout out uh, Cloud K-pop right in the middle of this show. Um, check them out. They're amazing. Um, they're friends of the show. So I know them in real life. We did a promotion um, on the main show for Red Velvet and Stray Kids, and it worked out super well. So yeah, um, just a heads up for everyone listening. Cloud K-pop, Cloud with a K in um, I mean, San Jose, San Jose, California. Um, speaking of a place where you can buy albums, um, a group just came out with uh, an album. They came back. One of your favorite <laughs> groups, Monster X, um, has returned with, I, I need the name of the album love shape of love shape of love okay so the reason why i struggled there i will just say this in the middle of the show i'm also listening to another starship group that also had an album earlier this month last month uh i've with love dive so yeah my brain is all starship i apologize to all the monster x fans but you know it's all in the same building so you have to give me a little bit of you know, slack um shape of love um surprisingly amazing album um, for those who know, I just do not listen to boy groups very often, if at all. And it takes a lot for me to like dive in and say, hey, this is not only something I connect with, but something I will listen to on repeat and then listen to to the extent of analyzing and trying to understand the creative direction and concept of a group. Let alone Monster X, because if I'm being completely honest, I listened to their songs in the past. I cannot remember anything about them <laughs> and and it just it, it just you know i'm just be honest but you you are an enormous monster x fan you love them um first of all what is the origin story of why you love this group so much and who is your husband they're all my husband um <laughs> but uh I, I honestly, I don't even know how exactly I started with Monster X, because I think I was sort of familiar with them, but then I was at Target, and they had um, the Are You There and We Are Here albums, which came out summer 2019. Yes, summer 2019. And I think I bought them on the whim of, if I buy K-pop albums from Target, Target will get more K-pop albums. <laughs> good logic, was good logic. Right, I was like, if I spend this money, they'll want the they'll want to bring more K-pop in, and then I can buy more K-pop because shipping is expensive. <laughs> and um, the first song I remember from Monster X is actually a B-side, and it's Turbulence. And it's the reason it stuck out to me was because I misheard the lyrics, and instead of Turbulence, it sounds like they're saying God bless. And I was very confused why they were just saying God bless a lot. <laughs> I'm very confused but too. Maybe I should listen to that song again. Yeah, so it's they're saying turbulence. I just can't hear. Um, <laughs> like I hear it now, it's fine. But it was just initially, I was like, I don't understand what's happening in this song. Um, but the song that got me to just ult them and be like, these are 
if I had to quit all of K-pop, I would still stick with these guys. Like, it'd be fine. Was actually the song Love You off of their first English album. And it's, one, Juhan's vocals in that are incredible. But two, the lyrics are hilarious. Um... The lyrics are something like, I, I really, really want to love you. I can't say the word I want to because they won't play it on the radio. Because oh. love is not the word they mean. <laughs> That's good to know. They are hilarious. Okay. Right? Um, it was so funny. Wow, I have to give them a chance now for real. That's that's like my humor. So good <laughs> on them. Man. Um, and they're Starship, so you know, Wuja Sonia. Um, I'm, I have a very, I have a very big, uh, I'm having a very big moment right now with Uji Sonia. This is put it that way. So, um, all things connected to Starship and Monster X apparently. So here we are. Um, no, that's amazing. You know, they have a lot of character, um, to, to bring up Uji Sonia again, um, on Queendom 2, uh, Juhani and please remind me who the other person is who joined him. Um, I believe it was Hyungwon. Perfect. Great. Um, came to the show and then I recognized them. I was like, oh, hey, cool. It's Monster X. And then, of course, you know, they talked about them and they labeled them and everything. Um, and then, you know, they had this interaction with Uji Sonyo and I was like, oh, this is this is good. This is good. Yeah. Nice. Nice to see the, the little little interaction. Um, and then the album announcement happened. I was like, OK, I'll give him a chance. And now here we are with Shape of Love. So the title track is love um with a music video of course um what is your initial reaction to the song the music video and how did you feel having monster x back in your life so with the with with the song coming out the day they announced the the comeback was actually like uh kihan left like his last stage from his solo album and like this moment like the show ended they uh, announced the comeback so there's like no break in like content for me there. <laughs> like this no time to breathe for them. But um I my opinion of the song has changed in the week that it's been out, but I actually didn't like it when it first came out. Uh, which startled me because it is a, a Juhan title track. He produced it. It's his third time producing. It took them six years to let him do that. I'm not bitter. Um <laughs> But I I love it now. I, I had to grow on me a little bit. Um I don't I don't think it was what I was expecting, and I think that's what threw me off. Um, I was a little worried because it, he he called it Gambler Part 2, so Gambler was his first title track that came out last year. Um, and I also not my favorite song. Like, I love it, but it's it's definitely not my favorite title track, especially coming off of Love Killer, the, the um, comeback before that, which is my absolute favorite title track from Monster X. <laughs> so it was one of those, like, okay, we're doing part two to song I'm not crazy about but I I really like it um the music video is kind of interesting because it's one of the few that doesn't have a plot it's just some kind of dancing and, and some some random scenes where everything else has plot there's some lord of monster x it doesn't make any sense um there's time travel I don't think the videos are in order um there's question about which videos actually go to that lore and which are different stories I don't know I try to keep up. I tried to decipher it. I spent a long time trying to decipher it and I gave up. So to have something where I can just enjoy it and not go, what is this lore has been fantastic. <laughs> I too um, appreciate a lack of lore in my songs, in my music videos, in my experience overall on K-pop. So um, yeah, no, great job, Monster X, you know, coming out with a song that is very self-contained. 
Um, I think they did a nice job kind of using the stage and the sets of the music video to evoke a lot of the 90s inspiration that the song pulls out, right? Um, everything mm -hmm. from the outfits, the literal stage that they're on at one point, <laughs> um, the the lights. So they had they had the 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 moving. I don't know how else best to describe it aside from the stage lights that move a lot, that kind of move along with the music. Very like 90s um, live show stage experience, right? Um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna date myself and make myself sound super old, but In Living Color is what comes to mind. Um, if you need further reference, In Living Color was what the Bruno Mars and Cardi B song was based off of. So go and watch that music video and then kind of compare how the set looks and the, the 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 geometry of the set and how things are set up similar to here in Monster X, especially in the part where they're dancing and the lights are moving. Um, how do you feel about this song kind of being a throwback to the 90s? Um, you and I are both old, so we experienced it, you know, in our 50s. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like you said, it's, it's very different from what Monster X is typically known for. It's kind of an evolution into this sound. But to me, I love it because it is uh, R&B, uh, but it's very like uppity R&B. Um, I wrote down Boys to Men and um, well, this is kind of jumping into the past. But um, a member for the Soul Jack Nation, Nina, mentioned it's like no diggity from Blackstreet, which is just a fantastic comp for me. Um, so overall, how do you feel about this 90s retro sound now being taken um, up by Monster X? So this isn't their first jump into kind of the 90s sound uh we our last comeback was actually no yes our last comeback was actually uh the second english album and that had a 90s vibe to it as well uh the music video for that it was hilarious because it's at like a bowling alley so they're in like like old school bowling like uniforms and stuff and uh it's fun so that already had like a 90s feel to that album so it but it was more of a like 90s pop sound so um but i i like the 90s sound I like 90s music. I still listen to a lot of 90s music. Um, <laughs> I listen to older music probably more than I listen to modern music as far as like Western music goes, honestly. <laughs> but it's 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 fun. I, I think it's a good sound for Monster X. Um, I, I do prefer kind of their, their like dance songs, like to get up and like just go hard with them, especially when like Juhan and, and Chenkin like go off on their raps. Uh, but it's always fun. Yeah, no, I, I'm enjoying this song a lot. Um, some of the elements of the, the production of the song, I think the saxophone really takes you back into the 90s. I think the way it's kind of sprinkled out throughout the song. Um, speaking of sprinkling, there's a lot of glitter sprinkled all over the stage and set. Um, good for them. That's all I'll say. Good for them. So <laughs> Go ahead. So there were two scenes where it was, one was Kihyun and the other one was Hyungwon, where it was like them getting sprinkled in glitter. That was not CGI, that was real glitter it looked real yeah it, it took Kihan three days to get it out of his hair you said yes that was my other concern so <laughs> it looked real to the point where that that seems like a very difficult proposition for yourself in a lot of ways um but good to know that you know they they committed to it and really just allowed their um their hair to take the brunt of that punishment um how do you feel about the tempo shifts in the song? I think they do a nice job mixing things up, uh, being a little bit more dynamic than I can remember any Monster X song being. Um, do you feel like that kind of plays into the character of this direction of going kind of back in time to, to the 90s for them? Um, 
I, I I'll be honest, I don't know a lot of technical stuff when it comes to music. Um, but I'll I'll say I think this is more common in the more recent Monster X albums in general. So this isn't necessarily new for this album. Um, but I I mean I I love it. The last few albums have been great. They've been some of my favorites coming out. So yeah, no, um, yeah, I would say if if you're fairly new to Monster X, this is a very different sound than what they're known for but if you're also a person who likes 90s music um then this is the song for you there is an nct song that does 90s music they're in hockey jerseys 90s love yes (laughs) you are correct um I, i continuing on the thought so not not breaking um there's a lot of similarities between these two songs as far as like the sound and the way that the things, the, the sh- music video is shot. Um, and I really appreciate that as far as um, that type of take on retro. Um, one other quick thing about the song, there is a sound effect that I particularly, <laughs> um, to me, I love it. You know exactly what it is uh, as soon yes. as I said it. Uh, well, let me set it up this way. So there is a DJ slash music producer um, named Cashmere Cat. Um, they do trap music. I think it's a he. Um, I say that because this person is very androgynous looking. So sometimes it's very curious as to if they are a man or a woman. But I'm pretty sure it's a he. Um, and he does mellow, but still kind of bangery ha- like trap music. But... A very characteristic effect is the bedspring effect in his songs. <laughs> that song, that sound is all over this song. And if you know what that sound is, then it evokes a very specific type of imagery <laughs> that one would have with bedsprings. Um, if you if you're a child <laughs> and you're a kid and you've only heard that sound, you know, jumping on the bed, and your parents tell you not to jump on the bed, then good for you. Because don't jump on the bed because you could fall and break your arm. And that is all I will say. Great song overall. Um, I love it. And I, I hope other people will explore Monster X and this song. Because if they continue on in this direction, they might be able to separate themselves with a lot of other K-pop boy groups right now. Because I think the trends are kind of nebulous right now. I'm not so sure exactly which direction things are going in. Um, I will say rock music or like punk, like the pop punk sound seems to be the shift in a lot of ways. TXT's coming out in the next couple of weeks. They're doubling down. Monster X might be the nice uh, palate cleansing contrast to that, right? Um, we're going to move on now to the rest of the album. We're going to do a full album discussion, everyone. Um, track number two, Burning Up featuring Rehab. Um, Alex... What did you think about the song? How did the song make you feel? Um, and how do you feel like this song um, complements track number one? So I like to think about songs, uh, albums as kind of telling a full story. How did you feel about love going into Burning Up? I think it's a good transition. Um, Monster X has a, has a lot of collabs, uh, actually. And this is, this is a really good one. It's probably one of my favorite collabs at this point. Um, not my favorite, but one of them. Uh, <laughs> And uh, it's it's kind of a simple song, honestly, lyric-wise. Like, there's just not a whole lot of lyrics to it. It's very repetitive. But it's, it's a good dance song, I think. Good, like, club song. <laughs> it's It was actually produced by Hyungwon, which is nice. Because he actually, his 
alternate persona is DJ H1. So he's actually DJ. <laughs> so I'm learning so I, much I, about Monster X. God, good job, Alex. I am an encyclopedia. So I hyper focus. <laughs> but um I I actually didn't realize initially that it was a, a Hyungwon song because I kind of just assumed that uh I don't know, rehab would maybe have more of a hand in it than they did, but uh rehab they helped with the arrangement, but that was about it. Um but yeah, I think it's it's a good song to flow into it. It's it's definitely not my favorite off of the album, but it's still still a good song. Um, I will have to counter that and say this is my favorite song on the album. Um, oh, really? <laughs> because it's rehab. All right, so let me paint the picture. Um, imagine 2011, Memorial Day weekend in the States. Um, that is at the end of May. Um, and a weekend at um, Excess Nightclub in Las Vegas. And, you know, the night swim, the, the, the famous night swims that they do. And rehab playing a set, an opening with this song to kind of ease people into the evening. That is exactly the memories that this song kind of evokes for me. Um, I, I love the 808 drums. It's got a very um, big room house feel to it. And it's just like, oh yeah, I was at the club in 2011 when he played stuff like this. So the fact that it's got a K-pop spin to it, um, it's not this overly just like repetitive house song, but there's a little bit of dynamic nature to the voice and Juhani's tone specifically I kind of love the fact that he brings in a little bit more lightness um compared to the first song he did on the album Love um so it's a nice contrast between even just those two songs right a nice progression in style um overall I just when I saw Rehab on it I was like this is gonna be a banger um <laughs> another good example for Rehab Rehab doing a K-pop song uh check out Chunga. um Chunga and Rehab did a collaboration God, it's been almost two years, two two years now. Um, yeah, that that's an incredible song as well. Um, you can you can hear a lot of the characteristic sounds that he uses as far as being a producer and DJ. Um, it's very similar between both these two songs, um, the the Chang'e song and Burning Up. Um, and then I do want to kind of shout out the uh, the Daft Punk esque distortion at the end, where it's just like <laughs> I don't know who's singing. Um, I was trying to find out. Oh, I'd have to listen to the song again. <laughs> but, but but they do a nice little just like robot voice. I'm just like, what year are we? Was this is this ten years ago? Did I go into a time machine? Um, and it just my guess would be it's Kihyun, but Kihyun, Kihyun. So I I try to like go into the song and go into the album and see who's singing what parts. Kihyun's voice definitely stands out for me throughout this entire album. Um, so mm -hmm. definitely um, would not be surprised if he was a little did the quirky part of this song right um, my question for you Alex is what club memories does this song evoke from you so I'm not a club person at all oh. <laughs> what yeah, your 2011 memories does this song evoke from you again None. <laughs> I was a science kid. I was too busy to party. <laughs> your your 2011 story. I was living in small town Mississippi, going to college, studying chemistry. Um, <laughs> I do. I need. I I will save this. I would, no, I have something I was, to say, but I will not. I will not call you out on this recording because. So <laughs> yes. Anyways, 2011. I was not legal to drink either. So. <laughs> With all that being said, um, 
I think this song is a club banger. Um, if you are old enough to drink and participate in such activities, please feel free to do so. Safely, children. Safely. Um, <laughs> do not drink and drive. Um, get an Uber. Get, get a designated driver. Anyone. That is my PSA for the moment. Also, Alex uh, was drunk on Soju just a couple days ago, so that oh, is no. what I will say. Moving on to track <laughs> number three, we've got Breathe. Um, this song, God, there's, there's just a vibey coolness of this song. Um, it really makes me feel of uh, Bruno Mars and kind of that R&B funk that he, that he brings into a lot of his music. Um, and a lot of like dynamic vocal work with Monster X. My question for you is, has Monster X always sounded like this as far as harmonizing um, and being this quality with vocals? Um, yes. Okay, good. Because I'm, I'm just, <laughs> honestly, I'm just ignorant to it. I just never yeah, I might be biased, but yes. <laughs> uh, well, describe it, right? So how does this song kind of play into those vocal strengths that you know of Monster X? So to be honest, this is the most forgettable song for me um, on the album. <laughs> uh, I I had to listen to this one like right before we started recording because I was like I don't know anything about it no matter what I listen to um, it's also the only one not produced by them and unintentionally I seem to lean against songs not produced by Monster X um, <laughs> yeah there are a number of producers oh. on it um, Ryan Jun is the first on the production list for both music and arrangement so just a heads up there for all the Ryan Jun fans. Um, I know he's just very popular in K-pop and he's produced a number of songs. Um, long list of songs. Look him up on Wikipedia. He has a large discography. Um, but how do you feel like about this song being uh, number three? You know, following up two pretty nostalgic sounds. Um, different decades, of course, between Love and um, Burning Up. But, you know, with this song being an R&B song in a lot of ways, um, how do you feel like this is this is fitting in for number three i think it's keeping the the tone kind of mellow for me as far as a monster album goes um i i'm used to i think them going maybe up and down a little bit more where they'll have like a hype song and then they'll slow it down a little and then they'll hype it back up for a while and they don't really do that at all like as across the whole album there's not like one like we're gonna go hard and we're gonna be exhausted afterwards because we are gonna be jumping and screaming the entire time um which I think is missing from the album as a whole for me is this a song like that. Like it's, it's, it feels incomplete because of that. <laughs> oh, that's so, a good point. Like, yeah. I actually didn't think about that until you just said that. Yeah. Just as a, as a monster X album, like if it was honestly any other group, I don't know that I, I would be as concerned about it, but just missing that, that just really exciting song just feels weird in a monster X album. <laughs> No, that makes complete sense now why I, this is not to challenge or be a contrarian to yeah. you, but why I love this album because I, yeah. I, I vibe with R&B songs, R&B albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a very big Jackson Wang fan. Um, I just, I, I like R&B music from male artists, essentially. So my brain is just like, oh, the logic, hello, this is why you like the album because it, there's no like super hard, heavy hitting like banger because you're kind of just, me personally, I'm just kind of vibing to it. Um, but that's a, that's a great point that you make that it doesn't have a characteristic like K-pop banger or Monster X banger throughout the album. Um, yeah, and and I think that's part of why this song's so forgettable for me because you have Love, which which is for the album one of the the heavier songs, which isn't saying much because it's not really that heavy. And then and then burning it up, uh, burning up is like, um, is it is it burn it up? I burning up. So they have a song called Burn It Up. 
So we have burning up and burn it up. So <laughs> I get confused. Um, but so and then burning up is is like your dance song, and then this kind of still more even. Like everything's kind of just even for me as far as the sound goes. Oh. Yeah, no, that that makes complete sense now. Um, yeah, I wasn't able to put my finger on it exactly prior to this, but I, know, I think we kind of workshopped that idea between the two of us. Good job, Alex. Science. You scienced <laughs> it. Um, well, then let's move on to number four. So we have Wildfire. Um, I have a comp for this song, and I just mentioned him, but to me, it's Jackson Wang and kind of his dark R&B. Um, where he's kind of raspy. He's kind of singing. He's singing, ra- sing rapping on a lot of his songs. Um Kung One opens the song, and I'm like, "Whoa, I love this genre." Um, Wasn't it Chin Kyun that opened it? I wrote the wrong name down. You're correct <laughs> because you did tell me this the other day. Um, well, going off of that, how do you like the song, and how do you feel like Chin Kyun setting up the tone and emotion of the song? Um, did that work for you? Did that play into kind of the theming of this being a darker R&B song? This is my favorite song off the album. This is what's been on repeat for me. <laughs> we got there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love the whole album. It's just, just if it had the, the, like the one like banger, I would, it would be a perfect album. Um, it's, but this is my favorite song. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, the song is entirely in English except for Juhan's rap. Yes. I noticed that. That was excellent. <laughs> Amazing. I understood yeah. the song. So <laughs> proud of myself. I was like, I know Korean so- now. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, and it's another song produced by Hyungwon. So produced by Hyungwon. Yes, this is what happens yes. when you confuse notes. Good job, me. Go on, go on. <laughs> so I I have a love for his songs in general because he did one off of another album called Mercy that was also fantastic. Um, but yeah, no this this album this song is is everything for me on this album. <laughs> this is when I finally get my hands on the album is what is going to be on repeat when I drive around doing nothing <laughs> what are some elements of the song that really stand out for you that have you emotionally connecting with it honestly the vocals i it's the vocals and i get a really good juhan rap because i love his rapping i fell in love with his vocals that's why i altered him because uh love you doesn't have any rap in it either the english album doesn't really rap um so it's i fell in love with his vocals but his raps are insane <laughs> And and I, I get at least a little bit of that because it's not really super there in the other songs, um. And and it's just it's fun to sing along with, and it just it's just good time. <laughs> There's a bounce to it that's really yes. nice, right? Um, I feel like and this is my interpretation. I could be completely wrong because I am very abstract with these things. Um, the visual i the the visual representation of fire right and like fire dancing essentially in like a, in a fire pit like a flame um very much to me is mimicked in the way that they um progress uh, and sing throughout the song there's a bounce there's a playfulness um there's kind of a dancing flame aspect to the way that they they perform the song um and i guess to me that that's kind of how i i I felt about the song where it's like, oh, this is really fun and playful. And then on the fact that it's called wildfire and then they talk about different elements of just heat and all, all this stuff. And the fact that it's in English. So I understood a lot of it. That was great. So, um, no, I, I think the, this, this song is definitely one of those songs that I told you before the show that I was re- wrestling with, with one of my favorite songs. So it was between this song and the rehab song. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> this one's good. Um, also, shout out to the... Um, the I think... Was it? Never mind. I, I wrote down a note. I think it was for another song. I'm going to move on now. <laughs> um, we're moving on now to track number five. Love You. Sarang Panda. Uh, All right. Good. <laughs> so, so this one, if you don't know, uh, if you don't know Monster X, I don't think you would realize it, which is actually kind of cool. But this is absolutely a fan song. Yes. I read the translation. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I feel like if if you didn't know the backstory to it, even with the translation, it wouldn't be necessarily as obvious, it is, at least compared to the other fan songs, because Juhan produced this one, and he likes to write fan songs. We have multiple. <laughs> so. Well, my feelings from the song is, one, I, I got that with just the the tone shift from the rest of the yeah. album. Um, but then, you know, listening to it a couple of times, I was like, oh, this is an anime song. This is like the end of the coming of age slice of life movie and the movie's over, but the characters live on and the story lives on. And, you know, you're crying and you're, you're trying to connect with the world. What does this song mean as far as some of the fan themes that they're trying to connect with? Um, specifically you and you you your love for them i'm just all over the place um but as far as like the themes of the song like what are some of the ones that stood out to you that really had you um you know feeling that kind of way for monster x and this being a fan song for you so to start with sarang honda mon bebe is how they end everything when they have any kind of speech when we have any kind of event that is that is the last words we hear from them um it is been our thing it's really funny there was one time where shonu forgot to do it and the rest of them got so mad at him <laughs> over because he normally so he's in lister right now but he normally starts it so he'll say sarang honda and then um the others like as a group they'll all say mom baby and, and shout it and uh he forgot to do it so they went on v live just to do it <laughs> like like it is it is a particular thing that it, nothing feels complete without it um so it started with that, but then going through the lyrics through an English translation, um, like you can definitely see that in the lyrics that they've kind of had a, a hard time and they've been dealing with a lot of stuff, everything since what happened with Wano back in 2019 until now has been really rough. Um, it's, it's been a lot of up and down. Um, cause Wano left and Shonu actually had a scandal at the same time. But it, no one really paid attention to it because the one ho thing kind of blew up bigger. But Shonu actually had a, a dating scandal. <laughs> he uh, he was dating a married woman and didn't know it. Um. <laughs> so we had we had that, and then everything with Wano, and then um, Juhan actually went on a hiatus on January first. Right after that, he uh, he walked off stage. They did a New Year's Eve concert. I don't remember where, and apparently he collapsed like as soon as he walked off stage, and so he um. He was on hiatus for five months. He didn't come back until Fantasia um, for promotions. So he actually missed the All About Love promotions um, when they were in the U.S. And so with that, so because he went on for like anxiety and stuff because everything that happened took such a toll on him. Um, and then um, after that, <sighs> Shonu's enlistment, Shonu's eye injury. Um, Kihun went on... Uh, um, a hiatus because he got dragged into that bullying scandal nonsense in early 2020, 
Um, so it's it's been a lot of, of heartache. <laughs> been a lot of things going on. Anytime um, Monstex and, and, and Wano are anywhere near each other and it's public, somebody issues an apology. <laughs> it's really frustrating. Um, and so you kind of see that in the lyrics of of that like bad relationship is is referenced and then it's it's just connecting of we're in this together type of a thing i'm here for you you're here for me um and and it's just we love each other as mom baby and monster x um and and that's definitely it's we had fancon this weekend and this is actually how they ended it with this song so you know, all the things that you said about the struggles that they went through are pretty indicative of real life, right? Because if you just yeah. imagine a normal person who is not famous, who, you know, goes to school, graduates school, um, goes into the workforce, but also has a family, has people that they care about and love throughout their entire life. No family unit is perfect. Um, I, I'm going to repeat a story from my friend Michelle when we talked about Big Bang and the fact that you know we talked about you know, being imperfect and you are just so much more under a microscope if you're in entertainment and she was saying imagine me so her um being famous well her i'm pretty uncle i think it was uncle um is incarcerated he's in prison so how does that reflect on me if i was famous or well known right um you know people making assumptions people connecting the dots and perhaps you know incorrectly assuming things about you but ultimately you kind of have to push that all push that all aside because you know who you are as a person where your values are and your quality as a human being and then for her she even said even further like yeah he may have done some his her uncle may have done some like crappy things to get him in that situation but he's still family we still love him and we hope for the best when he returns um all this to say you know that's kind of just the the progression of life in a lot of ways we all make mistakes we all get into situations that look really bad for us and to me it kind of humanizes who idols are when they go through ups and downs the thing that makes it difficult is of course the cultural disconnect that i have you know being a westerner so for me i am more forgiving in the sense that i don't know these people it doesn't affect me as long as they don't do anything completely terrible, break the law or just do something that is just deplorable. I think I can forgive them. But looking in the eyes of what they represent and being um, these role models for younger people or even if you're in a more conservative society, um, in East, Asia, East Asian culture, it doesn't look good. So there's just so many other things that they have to battle in order for them to come back into the spotlight and be successful. Um, I think a song like this is a nice um, kind of reflection point for them to kind of say, hey, you know, we're people, but we love you regardless. And we love the fans that are still here and um, kind of using the symbolism of that sign out that they use at the end where, you know, it's typically a saying goodbye. But when you say goodbye, it's never goodbye for good. It's really just see you later. And I think there's a lot of, um, you know, hidden messaging in that sense. So, I mean, I'm the person who interprets everything to the to the point, to, to the excruciating <laughs> detail. So I could be completely wrong. It may not be that deep. But I like to think that people are um, inherently, generally just good people, right? So Monster X, yeah. <laughs> whatever they went through, they're still giving a lot of happiness to a lot of people in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, 
that, that's my spiel. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, especially I, I can relate to the family story. I have a similar situation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all, we all, so, we all have things yeah. in our past and our histories, right? So it's all just how it builds upon us as people and how we express that to other people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right let's on, go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. On a different note with the song, there's a line that Juhan says that is life is flow, which is a direct reference to the song flow from the Fantasia X album which I had to go back and listen because he says the exact same line in there in the exact same way. And the songs are very similar in sound. So I don't know why he did that. Um, I guess the messaging is kind of similar if you take out the the fan part of it and and just kind of like the rest of the lyrics to it. But I I noticed that earlier today and I had this moment of, aha, (laughs) sneaky. He likes to do that. Um, He'll reference, they they all do that. They'll reference other songs in their lyrics. (laughs) Nice. It's a bit of poetry, right? To kind of leave Easter eggs for fans who have all yeah. their entire discography um, and callbacks, right? I mean, callbacks are just fun. So, yep. Yeah. Well, moving on to the last track on the album, um, kind of an awkwardly titled track as far as searching it. You know, very difficult yes. on Google, <laughs> just, you know, SEO purposes, not the easiest. Um, number yeah. six is and just and um you know this song to me felt uh very k-drama ost you know it's got a little bit of uh, anxiety <laughs> guitars you know really uh introspective and thinking about you know what's gonna happen in the next episode you know as you know the uh the two main characters meet in the middle of the street and then they lock eyes and then it cuts to the end and makes you think like oh i want the next episode now so um, how did you feel about the song and also the song being the last song on the album? So the song was very intentional. I'll say that much, um, which is partially because the almost the entire group will enlist this year. So, <laughs> so it, it's, there's been a lot of talk um, with that on, on, it's also year seven for them. So it's contract renewal time. So there's a, a lot up in the air as far as the group goes. We don't know. We we think they're re- signing again with uh, Starship, but we're you know no, no news yet, so we don't know. Um, but with that and with enlistment looming, um, I expect us to get another comeback. But assuming we don't, this is definitely the this isn't the end, and that is why the song is "And" of "We're Not Done, We'll Be Back." Um, as far as this being the sad K drama thing, uh, this is a Chinkyun produced song. He is our resident emo kid. <laughs> um, he he likes the to be dark and broody and sit in a corner by himself just reading some like philosophy book that's kind of his thing <laughs> he's just a little extra when it comes to that um, so I the song doesn't surprise me at all knowing that it's from him um, it's I, I think you've got the tone right with the, the K-drama cliffhanger type of a vibe to it um but I, I think it's partially just because it's Chen Kyun being himself, and and I think it's a this isn't the end. We're not gonna this like this isn't how we're gonna go out um, to it. Yeah, there's a lot of lyrics about hugging and kind of you know holding on to something, someone, mm-hmm. people. Yes. Um, I think a lot of metaphoric or even literal um, signs of affection. Um, and I think you kind of nailed it with this idea of uh, 
know, and being the continuation of something, you know, with how it's used grammatically and how it's used kind of poetically here. Um, musically, very bombastic, very dramatic. Like they really want you to know that they're they're not done, um, even though there's going to be an abrupt interruption because of you know enlistment, like you mentioned, um, and also the questions of you know being in year seven, what that means as far as renewal. But I think they do want to at least emotionally hit you with the uh, we're still going to do music. Hopefully it's together. Hopefully it's under these circumstances or perhaps better circumstances. So. Yeah, no, um, very emotional, brooding way to end an album. Not something I would particularly think about to end an album, but also considering where they are in their career, um, it just might be one of those, hey, we, we, we have something to say, we want to say it. So, Yeah, I, I'd say under normal circumstances, I don't think Monstax would have um, ended an album like this either, but I, I think it is a statement. So, Yeah, nice. Well, on that note, kind of ending our album discussion uh let's go into some closing thoughts but more of a looking forward um perspective on monstax so you just kind of mentioned the uh seven year mark for them the impending enlistment for a lot uh. of members um but there's something to look forward to there is a tour um, which shows are you going to and kind of describe what this tour could possibly be as far as themes and concepts. So this tour, Monster X, for some reason, instead of canceling like everyone else did, they just kept postponing. So this is actually their 2020 tour. <laughs> so it was 2020. It got postponed to summer 2021. It got postponed to January of this year. Um, and then a week before tour starts, they postponed it to May. So that was fun getting my money for my flight back <laughs> i am going to the new york stop uh, which is their first stop um that's to open the show and i'm going to the atlanta show um i'm trying to justify going to the la show <laughs> but flying cross country is incredibly expensive right now <laughs> like I, I think i could get a flight to europe for cheaper than i can to la um <laughs> What? Just, <laughs> well, what yeah it's, i don't understand it but you know I, it where we're at um <laughs> so i i don't know what to expect because the last tour they did was for we are here which was like summer 2019 so we have like a million albums since then to cover so <laughs> I don't even know where to start with songs because it's we had Follow, Fantasia, um, All About Love is the English album, um, Love Killer, uh, Gambler, Rush Hour, uh, and and now um, uh, Love, and and then we had a couple Korean al or, or Japanese albums, and then we had uh, back in December we had the second English album. Um, <laughs> So it's just it's nonstop music. Plus, um, Joan put out a, a mixtape in 2019. Uh, 2020, we got Chan solo album. 2022, now we got Kihyun solo album. They'll perform all of those. <laughs> uh, I have my fingers crossed that we get some Bakja, which is um, uh, Juhan and I am 
unit song that they refused to release a studio version of. Um, according to them, they lost it, but they've performed it live since they said they lost it. Um, I don't know why they won't just release it. It's an incredible song. It's 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 fun. It's forever long. There's a there's a drum break because Juhan plays the drums. Um, <laughs> it's it's great. It's it's hard. It is a banger. It, I am obsessed with it, and they won't release it. And it's forever old now, but they still play it at concerts. <laughs> um, their concerts run really long. They're they're like three and a half hours at least. Holy um, cow! Yeah, they're Holy super long. So definitely getting your money worth. Uh, I have send off for New York, so I actually get to see them afterwards. So I'm gonna not exist uh, for a while. <laughs> I see. So when you do marry Juhani, um, <laughs> first of all, I don't need to be invited to the wedding. It's okay. Um, but I would just I'll invite e- you eventually. Like, oh, thank you very much. Um, I like a, <laughs> an introduction, a meet and greet with um, either Yorm or Exi from Ujisonya, because reasons. Speaking of, um, do they do any <laughs> meme stages songs on their tour from what you know? Because I have two songs that I would really like them to do. Um, it's uh, Uji Sonia Chokomi um, with Super Yuppers or Humph, if you know either of those songs. Um, is that something that's in the cards for Monster X to perform on stage? Probably not. Um, they they do cover go? songs. <laughs> I like everything else. Uh, if they perform anything, it's going to be Juhan performing Next Level. Oh! That man is obsessed with Aespa and Next Level. I, the only reason I know the lyrics to Next Level is because he did not stop singing it every chance he got. <laughs> I want to go to a Monster X show now. Just for Next Level. I'm like if, if, next. If, right? <laughs> I'm a big Aespa fan, so I, I know that song very well. Juhan really wants to write a song for them, and I'm like, please, SM, let it happen. It will be a banger. It will be amazing. Let it happen. <laughs> it feels like SM has been pretty flexible with collaborations recently. So there's hope, because he has yeah. straight up said on like live TV that he wants that to happen. <laughs> I, I would love that. I mean, there's a, there's a non-zero chance that happens. I'm just trying to like piece it together in my head. It's like, yeah, I mean, Taeyeon is hosting Queendom, and Uji Sonya's there. Yeah, no, my brain wants it to happen so bad. That would be amazing. Yep. Oh It'd my be God. great. It'd be so much fun. I would become a girl group stand for like five minutes because of that. <laughs> Could I convince you for a little longer? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the Savage album. Like, I'll actually give you a version of it. I'll find one. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, that would be great. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, Alex, amazing conversation. Thank you so much for joining. Any closing words of wisdom, um, you know, about life, about K-pop, or just about being a functional human being as, you know, we start to go back into the real world um, outside of the lab, but... Now, as other people meet other people for K-pop related things, concerts, stores, um, or even just running into your fellow human being, do you have any uh, words of wisdom? Words of wisdom for them? Gosh, I'm barely functional as it is. Um, I mean, COVID is still a thing, so I would say still to take caution, be safe. You know, have a good time. 
but always be safe. Be safe just in security as well as as we get used to being outside again and around people and running around and traveling. But yeah, I don't, I'm not functional, so I don't have any advice there. <laughs> you are more than functional. You are science, I, you are in a lab all day, and then you listen to K-pop in the lab, which I think increases the quality of life for everyone around you. So you are doing, you are doing great. You are a net positive in the world. To be honest. Well, lately it's been uh, your podcast in the lab. <sighs> <laughs> let's just let's just not talk about it. We're gonna we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna. Alex, you're amazing. Thank you for joining the show. You're awesome. We'll we'll have you back on. We, I've got some ideas for you, so no no worries at all. You'll be here. Okay, can't wait. <laughs> all right, we're gonna sign out. Thank you everyone for listening to the Soju sessions on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-Pop Podcast Discord. Follow Alex at How You Been on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts as well. It is on Spotify. Uh, I listened to an episode today. It's great. Um, I'm Crispy, and this has been the Soju Sessions. <laughs> <laughs>